Life Audio. You are listening to Hope for Women with Father Wounds, Episode 42, Believing You Are Accepted by God When You Have Acceptance Wounds. I am your host, Kia Steven. This podcast is for women who have experienced pain in their father-daughter relationship as a result of divorce, abandonment, abuse, incarceration, addiction, or a physically present but emotionally absent father. The aim of this podcast is to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. If you are benefiting from this podcast and think it might help another woman, I encourage you to share it with a friend, rate, comment, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, let's dive in. everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The audio for this podcast episode was originally recorded in a YouTube live series on my YouTube channel. You can find the link to my channel in the show notes below. Hi, friends. I hope that you are doing well on this Wednesday. I want to welcome you to Lunch Break with Kia. I'm Kia Stevens, and you're having lunch with me. I go live every Wednesday at 12 noon. However, for the next few weeks, this session is going to be pre-recorded because I'm out and about, but I'm coming back and I can't wait to be with you live. So make sure and keep coming back and eventually our paths will cross real time. Anyways, today we're going to be talking about believing you are accepted by God when you have a rejection wound. And I Definitely want to dive into this topic. It's one of the most watched interviews that I have done on overcoming a father's rejection. This is letting me know that this is really an issue for, for many. Uh, so I'm going to be diving into that topic. But before I do, I want to open us up in prayer and invite God into our time together. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for just your sovereignty for your compassion, for your love, for your tender care for your daughters. And I invite you, Holy Spirit, into this time. If there are women who have experienced the rejection of their father, God, I pray that you would encourage them today during this time, virtually, supernaturally, you would speak to their hearts and that no woman would walk away from this time 
not knowing that they are accepted and wanted and seen and loved by you, the almighty God. So I honor you. I bless you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As I mentioned, I did a video about four years ago and it uh, an interview with a friend of mine. And it is one of the most watched interviews of, of all the interviews you can find it. In fact, I'll put a link to that video in the description section uh, of this video so that you can go back and watch it and uh, hear a good friend of mine share her testimony about experiencing rejection from her biological father. And I hope that it will bless you. And I've done some search, some searches on the internet, and you may see this as this topic as abandonment, abandonment issues, abandonment wounds, rejection wounds. And it, it's a very popular topic, probably because it's a common experience, not everyone, but many. So, and whenever a rejection wound is experienced by a child, uh, it can communicate that something is wrong with me. It's possible that the child will begin to internalize it and say, oh, well, I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not such and such enough. If I had been a boy, then my father would have, you know, stayed and, and loved me. Or if I had been whatever, you can begin to take on the that you are the the reason that your father rejected you, which is not the truth. And I'm going to dive into that a little bit more as we go on. But there is also the potential for the person who is rejected. As you grow up, you can potentially view every single relationship, relation male and female through a lens of rejection, perceiving that if this person really knows who I am, if they discover my quirks and my habits and my hangups and this and that, if they really know me, they're going to reject me just like my father did, which is also not true. It's a lie that the devil tells us, but it is something that you can potentially perceive. Additionally, sometimes we can try to perform in order to hold on to new acceptance or our per our perception of acceptance. We can try to do all the things. We're going to be all the things to all people. I'm never going to disappoint you. I'm never going to say no. I'm never going to show my flaws or look like a failure. I'm going to achieve, 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 achieve. I'm going to do all these things because behind it is a fear that if I don't, you will reject me. So we definitely do not want to be in that place. And it's, again, I know a lot of this stuff because I've lived it. It's a place that I can default to if I'm not prayed up and, and in my word and, and talking to the Lord, I can default to that. So, and then there's one more thing that I wanted to say about that, that sometimes we can also self-sabotage relationships out of fear that this relationship is, is going to fall apart or this person's going to abandon me and reject me. So before they do, I am going to consciously, subconsciously self-sabotage this relationship because I can't bear the weight of being rejected again. The pain of that is too much to bear. So I'm going to do all the things so that I won't have to experience that 
feeling of rejection again. Okay. Those are just some of the descriptions that are associated with a rejection wound. Now, years ago, I also wrote an article about what we can learn if we have experienced rejection from our father. Three things, and I'm going to share those with you right now. The number one thing that I want you to know is that rejection, if you have experienced it from your father, is going to say more about the rejector than it is about the rejectee. I'll say it one more time. Rejection is going to say more about the rejector than it is about the rejectee. So remember, if we go back to all those statements I just said a few minutes ago, that I am not this enough. And I, I, if I had been smarter, prettier, more athletic, a boy, or all these different things, then he wouldn't have left. And that cannot be further from the truth. It has everything to do with the rejector and really nothing to do with the rejectee. You are just a bystander. You were impacted by his actions. So there are many reasons why it could have, he, he could have rejected you. Not justifiable reasons, but just reasons. Here are, here's a list. He may be burdened with guilt and shame because of what he has not done as a parent. And the very sight of you is a reminder of what he did not do. He could be guilt laden. Okay. Another possible reason for rejection is that he may be just living a selfish lifestyle. He just, <laughs> sometimes you got to call a spade a spade. I'm not saying your father's spade. I'm saying, I'm saying, you know, people by nature, we're selfish. We are selfish, myself included. And it could be that your father's living a selfish lifestyle. He's solely concerned about himself at this particular time. He may feel unworthy of having a relationship with his daughter. And that's true. That goes back to that guilt-laden feeling where you feel unworthy. And so you stay away, even though what the daughter desires is for the father to draw near. The father may feel unworthy. They may feel ashamed about how they are presently living. And they don't want to be seen in that way. You know, the male ego, whew, it's something, <laughs> really something. And I think this is just me saying this, but I believe, you know, fathers want to be seen as great in the eyes of their daughters. And if they don't, if they're ashamed of who they've become or what they've done, it could be enough shame to keep them from pursuing a relationship at all. Okay. Your father may have been rejected by his father and not even know how to be a father. He may not have the tools that are needed to come alongside his daughter and father her in the way every daughter should be fathered. Again, let me just say, I am not providing justification or dismissing what your father did or, or the fact that he rejected you. I am just saying these are some possible reasons why, not dismissals, not excusing, not justifying, just possible reasons, okay? He may be addicted to a chemical substance. He may be addicted to drugs. He may be an alcoholic. And those 
circumstances provide substantial obstacles to be a loving, healthy, present, accepting father if there's a chemical substance involved. He may have relational difficulties with his daughter's mother. Y'all, real talk, real talk, talk. <laughs> the relationship, the relate, however it ended, however it ended, if it ended, I'm assuming that it ended for many, the relationship between our mother and our father. If it's toxic, if the father left the mother for another woman, if, if there are other children now that are involved, it's messy, y'all, it's messy. And for that reason, fathers may stay away and it feels like rejection. Well, it is rejection. It's rejection. Okay. And then the last one, he may be an abuser. He might be afraid that he could hurt his daughter. These are awesome possible reasons for a father to reject his daughter. And it's underneath that main point that I was sharing with you that being rejected says more about the rejector than it does the rejectee. And when you look at it like that, if you're able, it might compel you to pray for your father. You may even be the only person that will pray for your father. Okay. The second thing that we learn is that expectations precede disappointment. Oh my goodness. I got the t-shirt for this, honey. Woo! I got the t-shirt because I'm I'm naturally a dreamer. I'm a visionary. You know, I'm just all in my head, just all these ideal circumstances and and the way I want things to work out. This is where I live up here. And everything's perfect and everything's fabulous. And then unknowingly, I may just happen to project my expectations and my ideals and my fantasies and how I think things should go on other people. How's it working for you? And I may or may not have, I've done this for my father, for our relationship. You know, in the early days, Maybe a lot of us, we, we wanted Bill Cosby or, or Heathcliff. Let me say Heathcliff Huxtable, not Bill Cosby. Heathcliff Huxtable. We wanted that whole fairy tale of the Cosby show. Everything was perfect. They had money. They, they had a large family. Everyone was happy. They're doing creative things. And, and maybe there are those of you that are watching that wanted that, uh, fictitious father, myself included. And when you build up these ideals and then you project these expectations onto other people, sometimes your bubble can be burst. Bubbles can be burst because you discover that fantasy is not reality. It's not. The way we expect things to be are not always how they turn out to be. And so I've done this a number of times. And as a result, I have discovered a couple things, a couple things I want to share with you. Number one, not obvious, it's not rocket science, but sometimes we get deceived when we're in that place of trying to make our fantasies or our ideals come to pass. Number one, I cannot change people. Uh-uh. No. You, cannot, you cannot change people. I don't care 
how many gifts you give, how many compliments you give, how much you pray, how much you fast, how much you believe God. You do it all the things. You cannot change people. You cannot change people. Write it on your mirror. Put it on index card. Stick it in your purse. Read it multiple times. <laughs> because if you're like me, it takes multiple iterations, multiple repetitions to remember this simple truth. You cannot change people. They are who they are. Now, God can change people. God can change people. But it's in his timing, in his way, based on his will. God can change people. Okay, I am not trying to say prayer won't work, but I'm saying if you're saying if I pray X amount of times, I'm going to pray 72 times, I'm going to pray 10,000 times and 10,001, boom, he's going to change. <laughs> if you're like that, if you're praying, thinking that the power is in your prayers, you're deceived. No amount of prayer is, is, is enough to change somebody. The power is in God. It's in God. And whether or not God chooses to do what we're asking him to do. Ask me how I know. Ask me how I know. Okay. So I want to save you some time. If you're trying to change somebody, note to self, I cannot change people. Number two, I cannot expect my relationship to measure up to my ideal. Back to Heathcliff Huxtable. That's a TV show. That's a TV show. It's not real. And some of us have these expectations that it's just not real. It's not dealing with, you know, reality, two flawed individuals. Okay. So we have to bring our expectations down to size and accept, accept reality, accept that our, our father is who our father is. Okay. Now in, in that acceptance, we can choose to be thankful. We can choose to be thankful for. Whatever we have, whatever we have, you might be saying that I don't have anything to be thankful about. You may be saying that. I talk about this in some other areas, but if there's nothing else we can find to be thankful, we can be thankful for life. We can all we can all agree with that. We can be thankful for life. And then here's the next one. The final thing under expectations precede disappointment. When we have these expectations, pie in the sky. I cannot give love with the expectation of receiving something in return. I got this bad. Y'all, if we are approaching the relationship with our father or really with anyone where we're secretly keeping score like, oh, I did this, you owe me this. 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 Or, you know, I called you this time, now you should call me this time. You can't live your life like that because the other person is not even aware of the scores that you're keeping. The other person is not thinking about it in that way. They may not be thinking about it in that way. If we choose to extend any type of, of love or acceptance of our father, it's got to be no strings attached. It's, it's got to be something that we're doing of our own volition out of the supernatural power that God has deposited on the inside of us that, that we're going to offer to to our dads. Uh, not expecting that if I do this, you will accept me in return. You will meet the measure in which I extend something to you. You'll, you'll measure it back out to me. Because again, they just may not have 
the capacity to do it. They may not have the tools to do it. And so that's a choice that we can make or not make. Okay. Lesson number three. This And this is the final lesson, but it, it's probably the most important. I think I said number one was most important. I might have lied. Not lied, but just they're all important. But this one is most important. Number three, my dad, my dad's rejection is not an indication of how God treats me. I added some words to it. It really just says my dad is not God. And I say this because um, there's a quote that I share uh, that says so, sociologists say it's common for people to perceive that God is like their father or the fatherly figures that they had in their lives. This came from the Washington Post. And so if the dad is caring or patient or concerned, the children might believe that God has those attributes or those characteristics. But the opposite holds true. If the father was harsh or judgmental, if the father rejected the child or abandoned the child, then there is a temptation to perceive that God is the exact same way. God is not exact the exact same way, which, which is why on my podcast, I went through several of the attributes of God. Um, because how else can we know God as father unless we know his attributes and can begin to identify them in our lives? Okay. Anyways, if you've been rejected by your father, you may be tempted to assume that you are also rejected by God. For me, it wasn't in every area of my life. It was in, let's say, you know, certain areas. I felt like God would come through for me. I don't know. But for some, there was, there was areas where to believe God was there and that he was present and that he would answer my prayers. It wasn't that difficult. But then when it came to some, you know, intimate details in my, in my heart, struggles, identity questions, things like that, I kind of felt like God is a little bit standoffish or he's not listening or he's not there. And I think in that regard, I somewhat viewed God through the same lens that I had viewed my father through. And that can be a tendency for women if they have experienced rejection from their father to view God through that lens. But we have to rip off the scales, rip off the lenses, and use the word of God as the lens through which we view God, our heavenly father. So I have some scriptures for you that I want to share with you before I wrap up. This is one you've probably heard before Psalms 27 and 10. It says, when my father forsakes me, then the Lord will take me up. There's evidence right there. There's a promise smack dab in the word of God. If you've been rejected by your father, the Bible tells us that God will take you up. There's so many scriptures in the word of God about caring for the widows and the fatherless. God is saying, I'm going to take you up. I will not abandon you. I am not like your earthly father. I am God. I'm in a category all my own. Dismiss the assumptions that you have about me because that is not who I am. I love you. That's God. Okay. Here's another one. Love this scripture. Matthew 11 and 28. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, all you who have been rejected, 
All you who have felt unloved and unwanted and unseen and not valued, come to me, come to me, and I will give you rest. Sis, if you are in a place where you have been battling this rejection throughout your life for X amount of years, through your 20s, through your 30s, through your 40s, God is saying, lay that burden down, lay it down. It's a lie. It is not true. You were never meant to carry that. I will give you rest where you have been carrying a rejection wound. I want to do an exchange here. I want to give you acceptance. I want you to know that you are loved 100%, 365 days a year. You're loved. God is saying, lay that down. Lay it down and come to him, okay? Now, here's the last scripture I want to share with you. And then I have a few more words, and then we're going to say a prayer, and we'll wrap it up. Okay, John 6 and 37 says, All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. That's good news. That's good news. God is saying, I'm never, ever, ever going to drive you away. I want you to draw near. And look, when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. He's not going to reject you. He's not going to abandon you. He accepts you and he invites you to engage in a relationship with him. And the beauty of that is who else in your life knows all your bad habits, all your failures, all your flaws, all your sin, all the great things about you? Who else in your life knows everything and fully accepts you, fully accepts you. Your best friend, no, even parents, even parents get annoyed. We get annoyed sometimes, but God is saying, I accept you, all of you, your quirks, your annoying things, that noise you make, the thing that the bad hand, all of that, God is saying, I accept you. And so the challenge is believing it believing that we are accepted, okay? And this is how the devil will come at you. This is how the devil will come at you. I don't know why you're going there. You don't belong. You don't belong. You're, you're not accepted. They're going to judge you. You don't have the right clothes. You don't have the right intellect. You're not smart enough. You, why, what are you, who are you fooling? Who are you fooling? You should not be here. They're going to reject you just like your father did. These are the types of lies that he will feed you. And so how do we combat that? There is a scripture, 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. Memorize this. If you don't memorize anything else, memorize this. It said the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Another version says they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down of imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If you're being fed lies of you don't belong and you're not pretty enough and you're not smart enough and you don't have the right clothes and you're not, and they're going to reject you and blah, 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 blah. If you're being fed that, those are some high things that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. And the Bible says that we can take those words captive. How do we take them captive? By reciting scripture and replay, to replace and debunk and boot out the lies that we are being fed. Those same scriptures I just mentioned to you, Psalms 27, 10, the Lord takes me up. Uh-uh, Satan. No, I am taken up by the Lord. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, 
God gives me rest. He gives me rest. He wants me to draw to him. I am accepted by God. John 6 and 37, God will never drive me away. If I am accepted by God, then if I'm rejected by man, it's not. It's not greater. The acceptance of man is not greater than the acceptance of God. God's acceptance is enough for us to walk into spaces and walk into places where we're feeling all insecure, armpits sweating and all that. But God's acceptance is enough. And so how do we get there? How do we believe it? We got to read it. We got to study it. We got to meditate on it. And we got to recite it. We got to fight back. When those thoughts come into our mind, we need to pull out one good scripture that we have memorized and use it to debunk the lies that are being fed to us. Is this overnight? No, it is not overnight. But is it possible? Yes, it is. It is possible. It is possible. But we got to cling to these scriptures like we cling to the very bread and food that we eat, the water that we drink. Because we have an enemy that is relentless and he does not play fair. So he'll go back into our childhood hurts and he'll pull up that rejection that we experienced from our father, that painful moment in time or moments in time. And he'll use it to debilitate us. But the Bible says the word of God, God is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. So you pick up your sword, the word of God, and you recite scriptures and you use that to build yourself up and to remind yourself, self, you don't have to live underneath this rejection umbrella or you don't have to view people and relationships through the rejection lens. If you're viewing through a rejection lens, you perceive that they're going to reject you and they're engaging with you. You're not even being your full self because there's a fear that they're going to reject you. And that's how they're engaging. We can't live like that. We have to live fully known and fully accepted by the almighty God. And that revelation in our lives will give us the confidence that we need to engage with other people, not through a lens of rejection, but through a lens of I am accepted by God. Okay. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. If you're looking at your life and like, oh my God, oh my gosh, that's me. That's me. I've done that. That's me. No person. I believe this is beyond the reach of God. Honey, if he can't work with me, sis, You can work with anybody, anybody. Anyways, y'all be blessed. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And then join me next week as we continue to unpack wounds. Okay, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for my sisters today, God. If they have been living underneath the weight of their rejection wounds, God, I pray that you would help them to cast all of that weight, all of that anxiety, all of that fear of not being accepted at your feet, God. And I pray that you would do an exchange of wounds for your great acceptance, God. I pray that you would help my sisters and myself, God, to meditate, study, to recite, 
God to memorize scripture so that we can take captive every thought, every lie that would tell us you are not accepted, God, that we would be able to debunk those lies with the truth of your word and walk in the acceptance that has been bestowed upon us as daughters of God. Father, I honor you and I bless you and I thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, ladies, walk in it. Get you one good scripture. Some of the scriptures I mentioned today are great. And know that you are accepted by God. Believe it. See you next week. You've been listening to the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, episode 42. Believing you are accepted by God when you have acceptance wounds. I hope this episode has been an encouragement to you. And I want you to know whether your dad is deceased, absent, divorced, unavailable, incarcerated, or you don't know who he is. Sis, there is hope for you. Hope to be healed. Hope to be secure. Hope to be free. Completely free. Hope to be satisfied with the love of God. Yes, there is hope for women with father wounds. This was episode 42 of Hope for Women with Father Wounds. I'm your host, Kia Stevens. If you are benefiting from this podcast and think it might help another woman, I encourage you to share it with a friend, rate, comment, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Be sure and check out the links associated with this podcast so you can access several free resources for you. Also, for even more support, purchase my newly released book, Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love, wherever books are sold. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I hope you will join me for episode 43, Exchanging Father Wounds for the Love of God the Father with Blair Lynn. Hope for Women with Father Wounds is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grothuis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.